The Request 2021 project can be summed up as 10 to the power of 3. 10 scouting ambassadors, 8 from Kent and 2 from Scotland, sailing on the Bark Europa tallship to Antarctica. That's 100 years after two scouts went on the original Shackleton Rowett Quest expedition back in 1921. Our aim is to engage and educate thousands of young people about the three key lessons of peace, environment and heritage to be learned from this amazing, fragile, frozen southern continent. I'm Alan Noke. I'm the project leader and I'm the person who came up with the whole crazy idea in the first place. Each of the participants has a personal project ranging from climate change awareness to producing a giant quilt with people's perceptions about Antarctica. My personal project is to produce a soundscape record of our journey. That's before, during and after Antarctica. The plan is for this podcast to include interviews, scouting and polar historical links, uh, events and research work along the way. So please listen in and join us on this adventure of a lifetime. It promises to be a memorable experience. So welcome to episode 26 now of the Request 2021 podcast. And this is going out on Wednesday the 1st of December 2021. And it's less than a month to go now before the team set off on Boxing Day uh, for South America and then sail for Antarctica on the 30th of December. Uh, We've prepared an online Penguin Advent calendar to entertain you uh, during December uh, and we will be opening the first window today. So look out for that on social media. Um, And I just want to say a special thanks to the First Deal Scouts Uh, who helped out um, with our advent calendar. Um, It couldn't be a more appropriate day, 1st of December, because today is officially Antarctica Day, uh, with its aim to raise awareness of the Antarctic Treaty. So the Antarctic Treaty came into force back in 1961, uh, after ratification by the 12 countries then active in Antarctic science. The treaty covers the area south of 60 degrees south latitude uh, and its objectives are are very simple yet unique in international relations. They are to demilitarise Antarctica, to establish it as a zone free of nuclear testing, the disposal of uh, radioactive waste and to ensure that it is used for peaceful purposes only. Secondly, to promote international scientific cooperation in Antarctica. And lastly, to set aside disputes over territorial sovereignty. The treaty remains in force indefinitely um, and the success of the treaty has been the growth in membership. 46 countries now, comprising around 80% of the world's population, have acceded to it. Uh, consultative voting status is open to all countries who've demonstrated their commitment to Antarctica uh, by conducting significant research. Also, later in this uh, episode, we have the request interview with Geoffrey Bosnick uh, from Scout Crew 774, Orange County Council, California, and his son John Aaron. Now, Jeffrey is a Californian scout leader who is taking a large team of scouts, uh, about 60, down to Antarctica as well this season. Uh, Jeff's a qualified diver and he's got lots of experience of diving in the polar regions. Um, John Aaron, his son, is an Eagle Scout, a crew leader now, and also uh, has experience of diving in Antarctica. 
But before that, um, I managed to catch up with uh, all the request team to introduce themselves again, explain the details of their personal projects, and finally at the end you'll hear exactly how they're feeling before they head off to Antarctica. Here we go. So I'm going to start with myself, uh, Alan Noak. I'm Assistant County Commissioner Global Projects for Kent Scouts and I'm the team leader for the Request 2021 expedition. So my project is called Antarctic Soundscapes and I've been recording the podcast now for over two years and uh, going to be recording sound on the expedition to Antarctica and uh, have lots and lots of uh, audio content hopefully uh, to be able to use that uh, to make more episodes of the podcast during 2022. So I'm a little bit nervous. I'm very excited. Uh, I have been waiting for this and planning for this for a long, long time. Uh, I can't wait to get down to Antarctica uh, and to go with the Scouts on a tall ship. I mean, what a privilege. And uh, we hope we can share that experience with uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, Scouts around the world um, and inspire others to reach for their dreams. So hi, I'm Helen Smith and I'm from Gravesham District. Um, I'm District Scout Network Commissioner in Gravesham. So tell us a bit about your project. Um, so a little bit, so I'll be looking into plastics and microplastics and kind of looking at the global impact they're having on our world, the animals, and trying to think of, obviously, there's so many solutions out there, but actually, how can we all do our little bit um, to help? Because obviously, it's not a problem that will be solved overnight, if ever, but if we can all do similar steps to reduce the impacts we're having, then obviously, that's a very good positive action to take away. That's great. And on the voyage, you're going to be looking out for any uh, obvious sort of uses of plastic, etc. Yeah. Um, and um, just speaking to the crew on Bark Europa, because in October they did a similar research project into plastics where they were taking water samples. So actually it'll be quite good to speak to them and get their first hand experience, so to speak, of what they've discovered so far. Oh, that's brilliant. And uh, just uh, obviously, when this podcast goes out, it'll be less than a month to go. So how do you feel about that? Um, it's crazy. Um, I was weirdly, before you called, um, looking at all the kit that I need to buy. And I was like, I really need to place my order like now. Um, so that would. <laughs> I was listening to a previous podcast and looking at equipment, so you kind of got me when I was in Antarctica mood. Um, so <laughs> I feel like there's a lot to do, um, but small baby steps. Um, fundraising's going kind of as good as it can be, given the short time frame I've had, but all baby steps, so I'll get there in the end. But yeah, it doesn't feel real. I've got um, a large Antarctica flag at the moment and <laughs> that's hanging up in my uh, office. So Brilliant. every time I look up, I'm like, oh, it's there. <laughs> that's cool. Have you got that sort of blue one with the white picture of Antarctica on it? Yes. Yeah. So I'm trying to find a company that will just do me kind of an iron-on transfer that will say, uh, like, Antarctica, um, my seventh continent, um, because <laughs> for some people it might be their seventh continent, it will be for me, so actually holding a flag up with some printing on it will be quite good. So Brilliant, oh, that's great. My name is Cathy Mumry, I am Gelta Scout Leader from Weald District. I am doing research into motion sickness, um, which I thought would be very appropriate as we're going through the Drake Passage. I am looking into whether we have any genetic uh, 
dispositions to developing motion sickness. You know, there's all kinds of studies out there that say that your your sex, your age, whether you suffer from migraines, whether you're a good sleeper, all of these things might predispose you to being motion sick. And I'm also looking into um, how good your ability um, to do spatial awareness um, may affect whether whether that's anything to do with motion sickness as well. As in, if you could train people to be better, to have better spatial awareness, would they then not suffer from motion sickness as much? Well, I was, I'm all right now. About a month or so ago, I was feeling quite um, a little bit, I don't know what the right right term is, excited, obviously, but a uh-huh. little bit um, stressed about it because I just thought we were probably going to be um, delayed for a year. Um, and then to suddenly realise we weren't going to be, and then I started to think I need to get kits, I need to get my research project up to date. There just seemed to be a lot to do. But I just got on with it, and now... Yeah, no, now I'm just excited. I feel like I'm quite prepared. That's probably famous last words. I feel like like I'm quite organised for it and, and I'm excited. Hi, my name's Matt Wood. I'm a explorer leader and a network commissioner in Morling District. My personal project is a research project into how electricity is generated on Antarctica. I'm interested in that because I think there's a lot better ways of generating electricity than burning diesel in generators, and I'd like to think that people on Antarctic bases also think that. So far, it's going quite well. I've had some really good information with uh, with the good folk from the UK Antarctic Heritage Trust, uh, who run Port Lockroy, and I'm now looking to get in touch with... Um, some of the New Zealand bases on the other side of Antarctica to see what they do over there. So yeah, it's going really well so far. Having the trip just around the corner is really... I, I, I'm obviously excited because it's a hugely uh, exciting trip, but equally, I'm not sure that I'm... It's sunk in yet that I'm, that I'm going. There's still so much to do, both in terms of going for myself, packing kit and organising kit and, and so on, but also organising everything at home so that life carries on while I'm not there for a whole month. It's uh, it's busy. I think it'll sink in when we get to, get to the airport. Hello, I'm Darcy Holmes. I'm a Beaver leader at First and Lawrence Scout Group in Vanit District. Okay, so my project is using arts and photography to look into climate change and a comparison between the original Quest expedition 100 years ago to now and documenting what we're doing on the journey. So it's a lot of bits and pieces all tied in. Um, It's going actually quite well. It was a bit slow at the beginning, but um, in the next week, I've got a few scout meetings coming up to um, help uh, produce squares to go into a big collaborative quilt, like a big quilt um, piece. And I'm going into some schools as well to talk to them um, about Shackleton and Antarctica and our project. A bit overwhelmed actually it's a long time like waiting for this um even though know that some people have been waiting longer um actually just kind of blowing my mind um bit scary uh everyone keeps saying how are you feeling i was like i don't know i feel like i'm a bit in shock um trying to get really prepared but like you know with stuff wise but also mentally um but yeah, it's actually just one word, really exciting, and I can't wait. So yeah, that's me. Okay, uh, I'm Lucy. I'm originally from Tunbridge in Kent. Uh, I, I grew up in the guides, so I did Rainbows, Brownies, Guides, Senior Section, and volunteered as a leader. Um, but I went on the World Scout Jamboree in 2015 as a guide, um, and I've slowly got more into the scouting side. Um, I've joined Seven Oaks Network and have been doing some work with them uh, in terms of my climate change badge that I've been 
um, that I've created and promoting as part of Request, uh, and I've also also joined a network in Bournemouth, which is where I have uh, recently relocated for my job. Um, and then I also have done lots of brownie and guide meetings and a few scout and beaver and cub meetings uh, over the last couple of years, uh, teaching about climate change and Antarctica. So my personal project is uh, an attempt to offset the um, carbon emissions from my project by educating young people about climate change. Uh, particularly in relation to Antarctica, but also more generally. Last year, I created the Climate Change Stop Climate Change Challenge, um, which is a badge with loads of activities that young people could undertake. And then during lockdown, we converted this badge into a website, which allowed people to log in virtually um, and follow the story of Query the Penguin, who was um, on a quest to uh, help save his Antarctic home from ice melt. Um, so since then, I've been uh, promoting the badge and um, even more young people have got involved. I think we're over, definitely over 1,500 badges sold now. Um, and then more recently, my climate change project has um, grown a little bit bigger. Uh, I went to COP on Friday with uh, my Query the Penguin mascot uh, and we went to a, a climate change protest to kind of understand what um, young people are asking for um, from the government in terms of climate change action. Right. And we've also been doing daily updates uh, on the evolving decisions that are happening uh, at COP26. <laughs> oh, so excited. It's been really strange because it's been such a long run-up to the project. Mm. Um, I've got, it's gone in waves of excitement. And then um, kind of forgetting about the project a little bit more and then becoming really excited again. Yeah. Um, back in January, I remember waking up one morning and just being intensely excited for no, no reason. <laughs> um, and then I had a couple of weeks. But anyway, uh, so it's been a little bit flat recently. And then I uh, looked at a calendar one day and suddenly saw that we only had a couple of weeks to go. I think when I saw it on the calendar that it was so soon, um, <laughs> that kind of reinvigorated my enthusiasm a bit. That's and, uh, it. Obviously, buying all the equipment and things that we're going to need has, has also um, helped kind of make, make it more real, I suppose. Yeah, it's coming very fast now, isn't it? It is! <laughs> I can't believe it. It's literally going to jump on us and appear out of nowhere, I think. My name is Genevieve Scullion. I'm currently a member of Deal District as well as Home Valley District up in Yorkshire. Uh, my current roles within Scouting are uh, Assistant Scout Leader for Scouts and a Youth Commissioner for the Home Valley District. Uh, so my personal project is a study into extreme temperatures on natural body functions. My progress so far is currently making up a questionnaire to get an understanding of everyone's starting conditions before the project starts uh, and also reading into literature about how uh, natural body, how cold temperatures, previous studies on cold temperatures on the body's functions and forming some ideas and which direction to take the study further. Currently I'm thinking about uh, simplifying the project while I'm there because of the struggle of getting some equipment. Yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking to simplify it to make it easier pardon me, on myself and on the people who will be doing the project for me. In all honesty, extremely nervous, but at the same level, extremely excited. So I'm balancing myself out on how I'm feeling about it. So I'm just like, oh, can't wait to go. Getting itchy feet of what I need to pack and everything. Uh, currently looking at 101 things uh, that I might need. But also I bought some... Very excited the fact that I've bought some woolen jumpers and I'm looking forward to how warm they're going to keep me while I'm out there. I'm George Sterner and I'm a network member from Fabrician Scout District. So my personal project is all about trying to create a 3D scan of icebergs as we sail past them. So I'm going to use a method of photogrammetry. So I've got a camera. That's uh, going to basically take loads and loads of pictures of the icebergs as we go past them. And then when I get back after the expedition, 
it's going to be a case of putting processing all these photographs and should be able to create some 3D models and look at the the, the, the structures of the icebergs. It's very exciting. Uh, I mean, as it gets closer, sort of some nerves build up about the whole thing, but also I think that just helps with the anticipation for it and just really looking forward to finally getting to go after so many years of waiting for it and the fear that it would be delayed further. My name is Alex McKeever. I am from 17th Departure Aberfeldie Scout Group. Been there since Beavers. I am currently a section assistant um, with Scouts um, on, on paper, but uh, unofficially I'm sort of helping out as a leader um, while, while I'm at uni, sort of helping out at camps and organising planning meetings. And also a member of the Kent um Antarctic Request 2021 project. At the, at the minute, I'm finding the project really difficult. I'm not going to lie, um, but it's it's really interesting. Um, so it's looking at how the Earth's magnetic field affects navigation systems and power systems in the Antarctic. As if you um, Google diagrams of the Earth's magnetic fields. Um, both the Arctic and the Antarctic are somewhat hotspots for um, interference, which is pretty cool. Oh, <laughs> I've got, I've got, I'm not going to lie, strongly mixed feelings. I mean, <laughs> the main one is definite excitement, just uh, wanting to get out there and definitely do a once-in-a-lifetime adventure and journey. And the the part that makes it up a bit is I am also terrified because <laughs> I've never done anything like this before. And this will most definitely be the longest I've ever been on a boat for. And sort of nervous for Kathy's um, project of seasickness. <laughs> uh, so I'm Sam Payne. I'm from Gordon Scouts in the northeast of Scotland. Um, and I'm a member of the Network Scouts. So my project um, is focusing on the ocean currents. So I'm working with the European Argo Network and the British Antarctic Survey to uh, deploy Argos into the Southern Ocean um, and they'll measure um, all sorts of different scientific things um, to help gain a greater understanding of the currents in that area. Um, and it's going well so far. The Argos are on board um, and I'm now just uh, reading up on how to be using them um, and uh, what the data can show us. <laughs> um, I'm really excited, but uh, just uh, it's a mad dash at the moment trying to get last bits of the kit and uh, making sure I'm fully prepared for it. Okay, so now we've heard uh, an update from each of the team. Uh, let's have a listen to the request uh, interview this month with Jeffrey Bosnick. Uh, from Scout Crew 774 Orange County, California, uh, and his son John Aaron. Um, and they're taking a large team of scouts down to Antarctica as well this season uh, before us, uh, so during December. So we wish them all the very best for their trip. Here we go. It's quite a track record you got there, Jeffrey. So, uh, so you started off professionally, but then because of being a scout leader, you got the scouts involved. Well, that's, I've, it's been one of my 
dreams for, for decades, quite literally, to be able to bring scouts down there. Uh-huh. And in 2019, I brought one scout with me. Right. And he had such a fabulous experience that I decided to really put my nose to it and make it happen this year. Wow. And my son, John Aaron, is one of those scouts that's going along. Okay, excellent. Okay, and uh, John Aaron, do you want to introduce yourself then? Hi, my name is John Aaron Bozanik. I'm 20 years old, uh, part of 774. Uh, currently going to school at Golden West College in scouting. Um, I've held a couple leadership positions, including uh, section chief for Order of the Year, which is uh, Boy Scouts of America's Honor Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an honor campus society. They have kind of separate from scouts itself. And I've held a couple uh, area positions in venturing, which is another level of leadership we have. Okay. All right. And, uh, and what... you guys have the Queen's rank, do you not? We have a Queen, yeah, Queen Scout. Which is like Queen Scout, that's yeah, our highest rank. That's our highest, yeah. And you have the Eagle Scout, don't you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I'm an Eagle Scout, and then Venturing has an equivalent uh, called Summit, and I'm one. I have a Summit as well. Oh, pretty good. <laughs> okay, so we're we're Queen Scout to Eagle Scout here. That's good. <laughs> I finished mine a long time ago. <laughs> cool. Um, okay, so um, what we'll do is. Uh, if you could tell us a bit about the troop um, and and the mix of people going, because they're not all from the same troop, are they? No, they're not all from the same uh, crew. So Venturing uses crews mm-hmm. um, as opposed to Boy Scouts troops. Right. Um, but we have people coming from all over the U.S., uh, from Chicago to California. Wow. Um, we even have a couple from Canada coming down. Okay. Uh, so we're pretty spread out. And, and have you all met before you go, or will that be the first time you meet? No, first time we'll meet will either be in the airport or in Argentina. So in a in a way, we've got that in common because uh, I've got two from Scotland coming, um, and uh, we've got the group from Kent. So we're we're a mixed bag. We're all from different uh, groups as well. So. Okay. so we have twenty. We have twenty venturing scouts going down. Twenty ventures. Right. And what age is? Yeah. What's the age range for ventures? Fourteen to twenty-one, mm-hmm. or fourteen to twenty, I guess. So. Okay, yeah. And we actually, we actually cheated a little bit. We've got one scout going down who will turn fourteen the week after we get back. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we we went ahead and took her anyways because her best friend is going, and yeah, and yeah. both of their fathers are going. So and you you got parental permission, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's cool. Uh, how are you going? Well, we are. Um, actually flying down in two groups. Mm-hmm. We've got one group from the east coast of the United States, the people in Virginia and Alabama and Florida, they're all meeting in Miami, Florida. Right. And then we've got a group from the um, central and western United States, so everybody from Chicago west is flying to Los Angeles. Okay. And then we're going to fly from Los Angeles to Buenos Aires. Okay. But the two groups are actually going to meet in Houston and Texas. Wow. And then we're going to fly down on the same plane together. Ah, great. Okay. So that's where we'll actually join up as a group is just before we leave the United States. Okay. And we'll all go down to Buenos Aires as one group on the same plane. And what, uh, what date do you get to Buenos Aires? Remind me. We get to Buenos Aires on the 9th of December. It's getting close. It's getting close. <laughs> wow. And then on the 10th of December, uh-huh. we'll fly to Ushuaia. Yeah. And you guys are also departing from Ushuaia, correct? That's right. Yeah, we're going to... Oh, you're familiar with that. Yeah. So we, we uh, arrive in Buenos Aires on Boxing Day um, and straight to Ushuaia. So we're, 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 we were going to spend time in... But they've moved the dates of our... Uh, of our voyage slightly so we're going straight down to Ushuaia and we're going to spend some time in uh, Buenos Aires on the way back. So. I didn't realize that we actually did the same thing but because of COVID testing we were supposed to go backpacking in Patagonia before the trip. Ah. Oh wow. <laughs> and instead we've, we've moved that to afterwards so we're mm-hmm. going to board the vessel on the 12th. Yeah. When we go down to Antarctica we'll return on the 22nd. Right. And then about half the group is going backpacking in Patagonia. The other half is going straight back. We'll be home for Christmas. Okay. Ah, okay. Yeah. So you're, yeah, that, that's going to be a, a, an interesting experience to do afterwards as well. So, yeah. So you get to tick off two fascinating experiences. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, and for a penny and for a pound, isn't that yeah, what they say? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> um, and uh, what what vessel are you going on? 
We're going on a vessel called the Plancius, which is run by Oceanwide Expeditions, and it's mm -hmm. a company that I've used many times in the past. Right, okay. And but John Aaron has been on, on that vessel as well. Right. Um, he went to uh, Svalbard, to the North Pole. Oh, wow. Was that a scouting yeah. thing, or was that... Uh... No, it was not a scouting no. thing. No, so that, that was, was uh, with family, but it was a lot family. of fun. Yeah, definitely. So... Yeah, no, uh, I, I haven't been up to the Arctic, so I, I uh, maybe that'll be my seventh continent. So I think uh, Antarctica is going to be my sixth continent. So <laughs> I'll have to go to the Arctic now. <laughs> yeah, great. Are you the only ones on the vessel or is it a much bigger vessel? Are you sharing it with other people? The vessel holds about 100 people. Mm -hmm. And of those 100, 65, actually 68 of them, are associated with my group. Wow. Um, and right. my group is broken down into different segments. So we have 20 scouts going. Mm -hmm. We have 19 scout leaders going, which right. is a, a lot, but we had room. Mm -hmm. I've got 18 divers going, including part of my research team that will be helping me doing collecting, so I'll be doing scientific work while okay. I'm down there. Great. Um, and then we have, I have a group of, of either spouses of or significant others of the divers and researchers and i've got a few echo tours of people I going see. okay and then there'll be the boat holds 98 passengers mm -hmm. and so there will be the boat's not completely filled so i suspect there'll be about 20 other passengers that have nothing to do with my group okay but they could be uh, anything from sort of scientists to to just uh, people on vacation Typically they're echo tourists right yeah okay They'll yeah. be, and so that's, you know, they're just people from, and probably most of them will be from Europe, quite frankly. Yeah, so we've got, we got that in common, because we ours is a 52 berth, um, but uh, there, there's a permanent crew of 12, and then 40 people, so there will be the 10 of us and then 30 other people um, from, uh, who are typically the sort of people that are going to go on a tall ship to Antarctica, so they, you right. know, we're going to get, um, people that are interested in the wildlife and the photography and and so on, but as uh, also people that are interested from a historical point of view. So, yeah. What day do you actually board the vessel now on your cruise? So it's now been moved to the thirtieth of December. So we we sail on the thirtieth, uh, but it means that we should be in Antarctica on the anniversary of Shackleton's death, which was the fifth of January. So. Now, that's one thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about, because you'll be back. Will you be on the 5th of January, or some of you will be? All of us will be back in the States on the 5th of January, unless John Aaron decides to go stow away on your vessel <laughs> and go back down. Yeah, come with us. <laughs> um, wh what I wanted to say was, what we've, what we've done is we've set up a Scout's Own service, uh, like a, a ceremony, uh, and we want as many groups as possible in the world to hold it on the 5th of January. Um, so I can send you the details, uh, but it'd be really great if you guys uh, could actually hold that ceremony for us as well. So we'd, we'd love to do that. And so, in fact, and if it would be beneficial to do it virtually so it can be yeah, posted, that would be what, okay too. That's what we've done. Um, so if I, if I give you the background, uh, we first held it at Gilwell Park, which is the home of scouting in the UK. Um, it then got held in London the day the Quest expedition left London, the 17th of September. And we've held it all around the coast. So we held it at um, Sheerness and Gravesend and Plymouth in the UK. But then I've managed to get the scouts out in Lisbon in Portugal to hold it. And then it's been held uh, in the Cape Verde Islands. And we've had it held in, uh, where else, Madeira. Um, so the more groups that we can get to hold it on the 5th of January would be really special because, uh, you know, we're trying to link up as many scout groups and, and Antarctica, you know, uh, at the same time. So I'll send... You're not going through South Georgia on your cruise, are you? Sadly, no. I wish we were... Uh, I, uh, yesterday for the podcast, for January's podcast, I interviewed uh, one of the government officials who lives on South Georgia. Um, oh. oh, my God. I want her job, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> she, she can walk out her front door and uh, she walks 
say, 40 minutes one way and there's a Gentoo penguin colony. She walks the other way and she's got all the seals and uh, oh, just amazing. I mean, the, the wildlife she can see on the weekend, you know. <laughs> South George is a fabulous place. It's um, probably the most incredible place I've been on the planet. Yeah, yeah. It's my excuse for going back to Antarctica, so I have to go back. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> cool. Okay, so we're going to go for your earliest memory for both of you. So... Um, this can be your earliest memory memory or probably more interestingly your, your earliest polar memory, your first polar memory. So. Why don't you go first, John Ern? Uh-huh. I guess it would be fairly easy for me since it's the first polar memory uh, uh-huh. would be the North Pole. Oh, right. So what, what sticks out in your mind about that? What, what, what's the, most, what's the, the, the coolest thing or the most memorable thing that happened there? Wildlife-wise, we saw some pretty stuff. I got some pretty awesome pictures of polar bears while we were up there. Saw a lot of those. Uh, saw some pretty cool puffins as we were uh, on a Zodiac. Uh, now, now I'm jealous uh, already. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, one point, I was uh, shorts and a t-shirt standing on the deck of the boat for about 40 minutes uh, watching a gray whale just off the side of the boat. Oh, wow. That's, uh, it was a pretty cool trip. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Okay. And it, did you actually go right to the pole? So we went to Svalbard and then we went, mm-hmm. I think we went north from there. North mm-hmm. from there, I don't know where exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we were about 600 miles from the pole. Right, okay, but you got to experience polar conditions, yeah. So, okay. yeah. yeah, well above the Arctic Circle, but not to the pole. Right, okay. Um, and your earliest polar memory, Jeffrey? Well, my earliest polar memory would be the first year I worked in Antarctica, which was 1989. And... I'll tell you about the very first memory I had there. I had been working all summer in Egypt, um, working with the uh, United Nations. A bit of a contrast. (laughs) Yeah, working with the United Nations Multinational Force and Observers um, in the Sinai Peninsula. And just before I left there, we had daytime temperatures of 136 degrees Fahrenheit, (laughs) which is about, I don't know, 50 degrees centigrade, I would guess. Whoa. And then I stepped off a month later, and I didn't know when I left Egypt I was going to be going to Antarctica. I just, <laughs> I literally, the two days after I got back, I was in a class, and someone said, we're looking for a diving officer to go down to Antarctica. Wow. And I wasn't really interested, but they talked me into it. <laughs> and, uh, I bet you're I glad, I bet you're I bet you're glad now they did t- talk you into it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, very much so. I stepped off the airplane. And it was minus 20 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> so I went from 136 Fahrenheit to minus 20 degrees Fahrenheit on two different jobs <laughs> a month apart. <laughs> yeah, but, no one would forget that. <laughs> yeah, and then from there, my first scuba dive down there was absolutely incredible because you drop through a hole in the ice that's two meters thick, mm-hmm. a little over two meters. The water temperature is 28 degrees minus two degrees C. Whoa. And, but the visibility is literally hundreds of meters. Yeah, so clear. You know, so I've never seen anything that clear before, and I've been in a lot of places. It's just, it's, it was just astounding. Wow. Yeah, now I can imagine, and uh, that that is a completely different experience to most people going to Antarctica. Are going to be above the ice, and to actually go below, and it's a different world, a totally different world. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Cool. Uh, uh, you know, and it's the, the, the life that you see underneath the ice. It's, you know, it's a desert above the ice. You see a few mm-hmm. penguins, you see mm-hmm. a few Adele seals, you mm-hmm. see some skuas. Mm. But below the waterline, underneath the ice, there's just a huge ecosystem of all kinds of things living there. Wonderful. Nudibranchs and sea stars and sponges and fish that have antifreeze that run in their bodies, wow. you know, in their blood. Wow. You know, big, huge picnic-goaded sea spiders that are as big as your hand, jellyfish that are just, you know, as big as your upper body. It's just an amazing, amazing place to go see underwater. Oh, definitely. I've um, I've been looking, because my, I, I don't think my project is obviously sound. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a sound podcast, and I'm going to be recording sound in Antarctica. I've got a device that I can uh, put over the ship and record underwater. So I'm going to see what what sounds I can pick up. Hope, hope. I mean, my dream would be to pick up some some dolphins or, or you know something, but we'll see. I've got to tell you, if you yeah. get the chance, and you probably won't no. because you're probably not going to be far enough south. 
Yeah. But the sounds that the Weddell seals make with their echolocation and territory defense oh, wow. are absolutely incredible. It sounds yeah. like an alien space gun or something <laughs> underwater. And to be swimming around with the seals down there and to be listening to them underwater like that yeah. is just it's, it's otherworldly. Oh, I mean, it's cool. just eerie. Okay. Uh, right. This is our special question for this podcast. So if you could meet the explorers, if you could go back in time, and you could meet the explorer Sir Ernest Shackleton, what would you want to ask him? I know what I would ask, but let's let John Aaron go first. Okay. Really, I'd just like to know more about the expedition itself, kind of how they got there, uh, really how they felt once they got there, and what was going through their heads when they ended up on Antarctica. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, especially at that time, it must have been, I mean... Okay, we, it, it's an amazing thing for us to go there now, but at that time, it just must have been otherworldly, really otherworldly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure there were more than a few people calling them completely insane. Mm. Oh, no doubt. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. So I would ask... Yeah. What drives you? Okay. Why are you doing this? Okay. You know, it's the motivations in his mind is what I would find really interesting. Yeah. I know how difficult it is to go down there. Yeah. I yeah. know how difficult it is to work down there. Yeah. He'd been down there before. He also knew those things after his first trip when he was putting his his expeditions together to do the trans um, Antarctic yeah. expedition. He knew what he, he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, what motivated him to be able to say, "I want to go do this"? Right. Yeah, good. You know, yeah. I've been at Shackleton's hut on Ross Island. <laughs> He's making me jealous again, John. He does that a lot. I've walked in there and I've seen the journals they've left. I've seen the scientific specimens they left when they had to run out at the last minute right. when he rescued the rest of his, the team that was supposed to be there waiting for him. Yeah. I saw the, the sleeping bags they left behind that were fur, you know, seal fur and falling apart, you know, and, and, and I know how much, how high tech our gear is now compared to what it was then. And it's still not easy for us to work down there. Yeah. And yeah. so for those folks to work there with the level of technology that they had must have required a great deal of, of Grit. some yeah. type of motivation. <laughs> yeah. and I'd like to know what drove them to do it. Yeah. It's incredible, really, when you look at the... The, the actual um, equipment they had, the clothes they wore, is just a, it, amazing. Yeah, that they actually did what they did, you know. So, because, we, yeah, we, we can wrap ourselves up in all this modern Gore-Tex and, you know, like, <laughs> so the wonderful uh, sort of uh, clothing and stuff, but that just wasn't around then. No, you know, people think now that we are, you know, I go diving down there and people think I'm nuts. Yeah. But the reality is, is I have it so much easier than those guys had. Yeah, yeah. And I recognize that. You yeah, know, because as, of the as quality much of the we kit. complain, mm. we have nothing to complain about. Mm. <laughs> cool. Okay, right. So can you surprise us in some way? Tell us something about you that we might not expect. Something, someone amazing you've met or something interesting you've done. Here we go. <laughs> Um, alright, something interesting I've done. When I was 14, mm -hmm. I was 14, right? I don't know, I don't know what you're about to say. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> so when I was 14, um, my dad decided to take me backpacking. Okay. And this was my first, like, actual backpacking trip. Um, and he said, hey, uh, I have some friends who want to do the, uh, John Muir Trail, do you want to join us? Right. Um, and me being 14, oh, backpacking, that sounds awesome, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Um, well, this is actually a, a trail through the Sierra Nevada Mountains. Right. It was about 270 miles over the course of 24 Whoa. days. Four, 450 kilometers Whoa. for all of you back in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was my first backpacking trip, and it also involved about 30,000 meters of climbing, of elevation oh gain. That was your first trip. <laughs> yep. uh, but I really enjoyed backpacking, and I'm an avid backpacker at this point. All right. Baptism of fire, that one, yeah. Yes. <laughs> cool. Um, okay. And, and Jeffrey, something we might not expect. 
something you might not expect. Yeah. I'm an absolute and utter nerd. <laughs> Why well, is that? Is <laughs> that te 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 technology nerd or? No, no, nerd in the truest sense of the word. <laughs> I That's... tend to be pretty introverted. I tend to be a very bookish. I read a lot. Okay. Um, I'm. Uh, I like to study. Yeah. And I go. I get off on on oddball facts and strange bits of knowledge. Okay. I need. I need to send you my book then. I'll say. I'll send you a copy of my book. It's very lots of detailed facts. <laughs> Excellent. You need to make sure you sign it for me. Oh, yeah. I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah, cool. Um, right. Uh, food. So if you're going down to Antarctica, what what food would you want with you? Uh, what, what would be your ultimate tasty treat? Well, personally, I have a huge sweet tooth. Okay. Um, so desserts. Um, to say I did it, I'd love to eat ice cream in Antarctica. <laughs> Just to say you've awesome. done it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Love it. Okay. So desserts and, and, and puddings. Yep. Okay. And, and for me, really, I've got a really different perspective because I've been down there. Yeah. My longest trip was six months. Oh my God. And by the end of six months, what you're really craving are what we call freshies. Yeah. Fresh vegetables, fresh um, fruits, salads. You know, it's just because so it's my, just not available. Too, yeah, but that's the stuff that you can't get. Mm, mm. Yeah, so that's from the per perspective of you. You know, you you start craving it because your your body needs it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, and do you do each of you have any sort of uh, memento or um, keepsake that you take with you when you're traveling? Or, or an item you always have to have with you? I don't. No? Nope. I mean, I carry nope. my 10 essentials with me wherever I go, but the reality is I don't have any special talisman nope. that okay. I, I take on my trips. Okay. Uh, anything? No, nothing. No, no there we go. Okay. We've had all sorts of things that people take, little penguins and, uh, yeah, all sorts of things that people I take with them on their it. travels. So. Um, and let's let's uh, sort of finish the official questions with your thoughts about Antarctica. Why do you think it's such a special place? I think it's so special because one, not a lot of people get to go. Mm -hmm. um, very few people actually get to go down to Antarctica, and that's kind of cool. But the other reason I think it's special is we might not have it around for much longer. Yeah, if we don't look um, after it. Yeah. And that's what really that's why I enjoy going out backpacking and seeing all these places is. I'd love to see them while they're still here because realistically we might not have them for yeah. much longer. Yeah. No, that's, that's very true. Yeah. Okay. And Jeffrey. I'm a romantic in the truest sense of the word. I do what I do. I mean, I told you, I'd like to know what motivated Shackleton. Mm -hmm. What motivates me is to be able to go places and explore places that people haven't seen mm -hmm. or haven't spent much time in. So my professional career, my academic career, my drive and my own personal hobbies and activities is to be able to go see new places and to be able to explore, to be able to find new animals that people haven't found before, to be able to go out and, and, and I mean, my, my original expertise was in exploring underwater cave systems. Mm -hmm. Literally nobody had been in these places ever before. And so you're mapping, and there's very few places on the planet where you can say, no one's seen this before. Yeah, that, that's quite something to actually be there and be the first to see something, yeah. And that's the urge that drives me. In the, and I loved Antarctica. And I, it's like when people go there, they either love it or they hate it. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. for me, standing on the middle of an ice plane with the nearest research station you know, 150 kilometers away in the mm -hmm. nearest town, 5,000 kilometers away, and just looking around and seeing nothing but barrenness and ice. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's that that fills me with with peace and with a curiosity to be able to know what's around me and what's around the next corner and what's mm -hmm. underneath the ice in my feet right now and why are these forms here. And so I backpack, I explore underwater caves, I dive deep, deeper than most people go scuba diving. 
so I can get to these frontiers, so I can see places that people okay. haven't been. And if I could get to space, I'd be in space in a second. Yeah. Because that's really what I want to do. I want to be on, on the Enterprise exploring <laughs> new worlds. That's Absolutely. where I'd really like to Absolutely be. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Well, wonderful. I, I just want to wish you two guys the best expedition ever. I just think I know it's going to be fantastic. And uh, for all 65 or whatever of you, I just, uh, you know, I hope you have an amazing time. I will be following it online. Uh, so if anything pops up, I will be looking. Um, how how are you dealing with that? Because obviously uh, internet and bandwidth and stuff like that can be an issue. Bandwidth is really tight. Mm. Uh, the last time I was down there, I was able to post four to six pictures and a couple of paragraphs on Facebook every yeah. night. So Sometimes it, it yeah. take four or five hours, but I managed to get it done. Yeah, so, so we're going to try to do the same thing. We're going to try to post maybe with this group a dozen pictures yeah. and have scouts write a couple of paragraphs each night right. and get that up on our site, mm -hmm. which on Facebook is Scouting in Antarctica. Yes. The name yeah, of I found that before. Yeah, Scouting in and Antarctica. you guys are also welcome to post on our site because the reality is you also are scouts in Antarctica. We'd love <laughs> to have you posting there too. Thank you. <laughs>and uh, and spread the word to anyone you know who's interested in antarctica thank you